You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. So, uh, what are we smoking this week, Brad? Ah, this week we've got the CAO Expedition. Uh, this is a TAA exclusive for folks that aren't familiar. Uh, TAA is the Tobacconist Association of America, which, you know, um, some cigar shops uh, have the privilege of being members of. And if you have a uh, shop that is a member of the TAA, highly advised to check out their selection because they're, you know, we've talked about several different cigars that are exclusive to the TAA members and um, I don't, it always just seems like something about them is just a, a bit of a cut above. Yeah, the TAA is like, you know, kind of a, a club where they, I guess a lot of cigar shops go in to, together and purchase special cigars that are only made it's for like a the, car club for cigars for the club and uh um so usually around this time of year we always start getting some 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 new stuff and even if you don't have a ta retailer near you there's usually at least one or two per state you know a lot of these you can find online as well but you know there's every year there's always some kind of special remix or brand new exclusive to the meeting and this year comes from you know we've had them on the show you know, from General Cigar, CAO Master Blender, Rick Rodriguez, which has a, comes in only one size, six and an eighth by 52, with an Oscuro Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper, Connecticut Shade Binder, and fillers from Nicaragua, Honduras, and Dominican Republic, with a kind of a cool, like, if you like, like, retro-looking shit, the, uh, the band is kind of made to look like old-school pilot wings. And you know, and say they say it's kind of to honor the tradition of like all the expeditions and travels they do to find the finest tobaccos to put in the CAO cigars. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I don't know. Right off the bat, I mean, this is a pretty good cigar. Um, you know, uh, the spice is definitely forefront of the cigar. You know, um, and more of a black pepper, you know, and it's not over the top. Kind of reminds me just a little bit of the, especially being this this small box press, like a smaller version of the flathead. It kind of it kind of feels like that that flathead line. But I, I, to me, and and maybe because the flathead is a little bit bigger, this seems to have a little bit more of a bite to it. Yeah, like the, the you know you get the punch of the pepper. Um, I would say you know. Woody notes, um, which I don't know. These these were kind of interesting because uh, you know most of the time the cigars are coming directly from humidor, whereas this time like they just had them in a uh, you know traditional cigar box with a uh, small bravita pack just sitting you know on an open table and um, which these are pretty much fresh out of the mail. They've yes. only been in the shop a day and or two. So. That's always the thing is you know especially like shipping in the southeast. 
like when we have 99% humidity, like it, it's oftentimes <laughs> like advisable to throw your cigars in your humidor and, you know, let them balance out. Um, if you live in a drier climate, obviously, you know, vice versa, throw them in the humidor to, yeah, especially you know, right now, man. If like I was outside during 4th of July weekend, I was like, looked like I'd been in a rainstorm. I was sweating so much. It's like just the freaking humidity around here. Yeah, this time of year, you might not even have to use your humidor. Just, <laughs> you leave your cigars out. It's humid enough outside. I mean, I actually use my humidor to, like, you <laughs> to know, keep tone it at down. 70 the, instead of the 90. It's like, why you know, are my cigars soggy? The, the, the problem with, you know, the, the heat, excess heat and the humidity, then you start running into issues with, you know, potentially beetles and mold and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, definitely recommended to keep your prized cigars in a protective yeah. environment. Or your asshole cat might eat them if you leave them out. That's, uh, that's another threat to, to naturally humidifying your cigars. Do you have a cat eat one? No, but it, it my cat's an asshole. He would eat one. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I have not heard this story yet. It's not happened yet, but I, like, I, I assume my cat's always plotting on something. He just has that look like... I mean, it I'm is a cat, you. dude. Cats are always plotting. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which I had an experience the other day. I was at the shop and... You know, I said our, our, the Punch Diablo has been our, you know, this devil will tie, tie into the, uh, the main topic here shortly, but I was picking, they finally restocked the, uh, the bigger size Diablos and there was a couple guys in there. I guess they were new smokers and he's like, that looks interesting. Is it strong? I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, if you see me smoking something, dude, it's probably going to be, you know, <laughs> be something strong. Like don't follow, follow my example. If you're new, you start. Work your way up to the, to this. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, you know, I went from a yearly Cuba Cuba to your taste profile. But then again, like, we like a lot of the similar foods, the similar drinks. So why would we not like a, you know, similar cigar? Yeah, it's like after you start eating spicy foods, like mild foods are just boring. <laughs> Once you get into the stronger cigars, it's like, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the milder, especially some of the milder stuff that doesn't have a a lot of See, full that's flavor. the thing for me. Is it's... I don't mild, like, I mean, I don't mind mild if it also has flavor, but sometimes they tone it down and then it, it's like smoking air. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like the uh, the very airy cigars that just bring nothing to the table for me. Yeah, at that point, might as well have a cigarette. <laughs> but cigar at the end of the day still, uh, you know, smells better. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, speaking of Diablo, we're going to get a little religious on this episode, uh, we're talking about the new Netflix series based off a comic book that I hadn't heard of before. Warrior Nun. Number of fucks given? None. <laughs> How long have you been saving that? Dude, I totally stole that from the trailer. It's literally in the trailer. <laughs> okay. I, I Obviously, I did not watch the trailer. I just kind of went into yeah. it blind. and um... I was watching something else on Netflix because like, I've been... That's why I've been doing far too much Netflix watching lately. I'm pretty sure the rest of America and the world is with you. There. Yeah, and, and that was one of the things previews that popped up after something I would watch, and I'm like, that ah, looks pretty interesting. But if you're gonna fight demons, uh, you should call in the Strike Force. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code Cigar Nerds for twenty percent off your order. Can get you all caffeinated and get you through your day of Netflix watching. Are fighting we'll demons? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was told that I was dirty. I was told I was the cure. I asked myself, am I gonna shit? Am I the hot? 
welcome back to the Cigar Nerds Podcast. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. A lot. <laughs> you know what, though? Like, it was one of the things that I really enjoyed about this film was our, our, our series. You can't really say film because it was a uh, you yeah, know, TV seri- series. So, <laughs> it is what it is. But just the fact that you really didn't take the human element out of things. Like, just the constant struggles between oneself and a defined what is good, what is evil, and everything of that nature. Just, I kind of fell, you know, head over heels with this. Like, I started the, the first episode, you know, and it's like, all right, this is kind of interesting. By episode two or three, I was hooked. Yeah, because it to me it had a kind of a slow start. Where I mean, you have to introduce everybody. Like especially when you're first getting into something, your first couple episodes are going to be all like you know establishing your your world. But yeah, by the end of like you know episode three or four, you're like, all right, this is I'm freaking hooked. And this one of the two that you know, like I said my. It had kind of that uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer feel to it, uh, and like so I you know brought my wife in when I started started watching this thing, and you know a lot of times she's like, whatever you're watching is gonna be dumb, but this one is like I was she's like no you were I'm having to watch all of this with you I'm not uh, <laughs> don't don't binge this in two days like without me like so it took me like a little it took me a week to watch this show where normally it takes me two days to burn through a Netflix series because. That's what I do is sit around and watch Netflix all day. But yeah, I had to wait on her to, uh, <laughs> so, cause it really, it really hooked her in too. So, and I think it's like, it's currently in the Netflix, whatever top 10. So it's having come, being come out on like July 2nd, it's already getting a lot of eyeballs in the. Yeah. And that, that was the other thing is I don't remember this really being on my radar until it popped up on Netflix trending now. And I was like, hadn't seen any trailers, hadn't seen much of anything about this. And just, I don't, it left for a very, you know, organic experience. And I'm really glad that I sat down and watched this. Yeah. It was like, like one of those things I said, I was watching something else and it just happened to pop up as a preview. And as we mentioned in the, the intro, it's based off a, a comic book uh, called Warrior Nun Ariala by Ben Dunn, which is a independent uh, Canadian comic that started in like the nineties. It was one of those. It's like I said, I'm haven't followed comics in a while other than like, you know, their your popular Marvel stuff that we all hear about. But so I was like, this one is kind of, I missed it, but looking back on my, like, damn, I should have, I have to go pick up some old copies of this. Cause like I said, the series was, so it's it's not like one like oh they're making a series out of one of my favorite comic books. I literally went into this blind and had I'm like all right it looks like chicks fighting demons I'm down you know and it was like oh shit this is actually pretty good and and you know very well written uh, directed created by Simon Barry is the uh, you know director show lead of the the Netflix version of this. But yeah, it, it's um, it was originally supposed to be a film, and then it kind of became a a series. 
But uh, you know, we I think we mentioned off. I mean, air I that... kind of like how they they did it as the series instead of just one like standalone film because yeah, I, the, I really mean, like how complicated. Well, it took a minute to unpack everything. If they had tried to squeeze all that into two hours, it might not have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had the same impact. I'm gonna say again, folks. If you haven't seen this, check it out because um, it's it's getting a little bit harder to talk about this now without starting to get into spoilers. So, here's your spoiler alert. I say, we I think we said earlier that Netflix has been killing it. Uh, well, it may be just the fact that we're starved for content because there's nothing. Well, else I don't even out. think it's starved for content. You know, realistically, like. Dude, there's so many great movies or, you know, television shows, that sort of thing that I could go back and revisit and still be happy with and everything. But, you know, I I think this kind of goes to show, do, do we really need the big Hollywood titles and, you know, that sort of thing when Hollywood obviously is pretty played out on ideas at this point? <laughs> like, True. I mean, a lot of stuff we're getting in theaters are remakes or reboots, but, I mean... Netflix, Hulu, Amazon is like it's the only place you're getting original content anymore, nearly, especially with theaters being closed. But even when theaters were open, it was a Marvel movie or a freaking Star Wars or a reboot of something. Remake, you know, so an actual new original idea is kind of rare. And I, I really like the limited series format where it's, you know, like you said, an hour long movie, two hour long movie. Sometimes there's stories that it takes. 10 hours to properly unpack that story, 10 to eight hours, like, like the Mandalorian. I mean, it took eight, you know, if they tried to squeeze that into like a two hour star Wars movie, it wouldn't have been as good as letting it develop over eight, uh, episodes where like I said, this one being 10, like I said, I mean, it just gives you, even if you power through it in two days, which, uh, yeah, then you suck. You have to wait a year to watch the rest of it, but it's still like, I kind of like that, letting a story breathe versus having something on regular TV where most of your, yeah, you're still your prime time, time format and or everything. Well, like your prime time, let's say arrow 22 episodes. So there might be a lot of filler content that has nothing to do with the, I guess the story arc of the season, but these tight, 10 episode runs, there's not those filler episodes. Everything is kind of integral to the plot where it lets your story breathe enough where you can, there's enough room to unpack it, but then there's not extra fat in there that you don't give a shit about the one-off episode. You know? <laughs> well, and I think the other thing too is, you know, utilizing a streaming platform, you're also not limited to having to edit the content. You know, and I, I, I think that was kind of pivotal you know to this because you've got so many internal struggles not to mention with all of the external and biblical factors and you know everything else that are going on around you and like i don't know i thought it was kind of cool you know how each episode is basically titled by a scripture you know verse <laughs> yeah and for someone who's not uh on up in the church, it'd be interesting to see what those verses are and if they pertain to the storyline, <laughs> how those kind of compare. Because I've I've not looked looked uh, that up. But yeah, each episode's named after a a a Bible verse. 
But, you know, for those not familiar with the Warrior Nine. So, you know, Palm uh, 46.5, which is episode one. Mm-hmm. God is within her. She will not fail teen girl. Huh. Like. <laughs> yeah, so they it, do kind of track with uh, what the. Uh... Or, you know, if God is within her, she will not uh, fall or fail. <laughs> you know, which is. Yeah. That's... Very, very fitting, you know, for folks that are familiar with episode one and, you know, how, you know, somebody goes from being quadriplegic um, and and pretty much just bedridden, you know, not, hey, I'm, I'm basically dependent on this nun's care who... Turns out to be a dirt bag. As well, I mean, definitely has a bit of Kevorkian in her. Yeah, um, you know, like, but it, it, the, it's the angel of death. You know, but uh, to to kind of you know kick it off before we get into specific, this story is the story of um, uh, Ava, uh, played by uh, Alba Baptista. I don't know if she's related to Dave Baptista or not, but this is her first like English speaking movie, but. She was a girl who parents or mother was killed in a car accident when she was, I think said seven. And she was completely paralyzed from basically like the shoulders down and, uh, was in this, uh, Spanish, uh, orphanage being cared for by nuns and then somehow died. We, we later find out that one of the, the nun was, that the head nun was kind of a bitch and was putting people out of their miseries, whether they liked it or not. So there's this secret society sect, whatchamacallit, of the Catholic Church who hunts evil. Kind of reminds me of... I remember the... the uh, the group from, uh, was it Vampires? The, you know, the, the, the James Wood vampire hunting movie where they were, you know group of vampires hunters sanctioned by the church to, to hunt uh, vampires and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, for folks familiar with anime, almost had, you know, like a vampire hunter D-esque, you know, type thing where... Or witch hunter Robin. Or witch that, hunter yeah. Robin. Um, I, I think I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. <laughs> but yeah, they're uh, the order It's almost of like the... a Von Helsing. Yeah. They're the Order of the Cruciform Sword, which, you know, we talked about the Buffy the Vampire Slayer feel of it. The story they're given is that a the first warrior nun was was like a, a badass, you know, Knights Templar girl in the Crusades that that when she fell in battle, like a angel came down and supposedly gave her his halo that brought her back to life and gave her kind of superpowers and as the generations go on the the halo is passed from like warrior nun to warrior nun and there's this whole kind of team of these badass ninja nuns that fight demons and satan worshipers and real evil in the world well their current leader uh sister shannon gets injured and is fatally because there's you know while since they are badass but they're not immortal there's things that can kill them I think in this case, like, the thing that can basically take down the Warrior Nun, that's the whole point of a substance called Divinium? 
which is supposedly pieces of like holy relics or whatever. And someone set off a bomb laced with this stuff that ends up killing Shannon. And as they're transferring the halo out of her to the next person in this morgue, uh, they get attacked. And one of the nuns sticks it in a random corpse, hoping to hide it from the mercenaries that are chasing them. But little as you know, it resurrects the dead girl who now becomes the new the new chosen one and, so. I, and I thought that was kind of awesome because it's not really like oh I'm just going to take this relic and implant it somewhere like you know as a holy relic and, and the halo like it has the ability to reject you know the host and stuff yeah and they got this cool like medieval looking device that literally like splits open the back and like places it inside and the, the nun that's like running from the mercenaries drops it and one of the mercenary dudes tries to pick it up and it just like slices through his fingers <laughs> it's like oh shit <laughs> yeah maybe you shouldn't pick that up homie kind of yeah, reminds like, me of uh the hands off like oh, was it the freaking uh predators uh not, yeah that disc thing the predator had <laughs> oh yeah absolutely <laughs> come to find out it's not really evil they're battling it's all predators <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the, it goes into Ava, which brings her, you know, if not being dead is, is not shocking enough, now she can walk and has never, like, you know, it's like, okay, I'm not dead, and I can walk, and there's a, a demon in the room. <laughs> kind of a lot to deal with right off the bat. Yeah, and I, I I don't know, like, I almost got some Kill Bill vibes from that, you know, where it's <laughs> yeah. like, move your big toe. <laughs> like, yeah. Like... I've never moved my legs. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, it's I think the thing too is like, it was from a, I guess a cinematic perspective, beautifully shot too. I mean, it was all filmed like on location in different parts of Spain. I mean, you can't create that on a freaking Hollywood soundstage. I mean, like all the sets had that, old world feel to it. I mean, and it just, it, if nothing else, watch this. If you can't go on vacation right now, cause everything looks really beautiful. <laughs> if you want to know what it's like to be in a Spanish villa, dude, minus they're the, nuns. Okay. They've the, all uh... taken an oath. You, you can't have any of them. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, uh, you know, Ava finally got her some. <laughs> she never took the vows. <laughs> Neither did Shotgun Mary. <laughs> Dude, if if I was a nun or something like that's that's what I would be like, Sister Mary. No, they call me Shotgun Mary. Why do they call you that? Obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, but I love her joke when he, she first meets. All right, the team of the warrior nun. You know, she Ava becomes the warrior nun, but then the the team of the other nuns. You have uh, Lilith, who is was supposed to be the next chosen one before shit happens. Then you have Beatrice who is like super like she's the nerd. She, like you know, there's the, the one person who's like no, everything is absolutely by the rules. We will do it this way. The the very prim so and proper precise. one. But also like the most badass fucking ninja. <laughs> and then you have the the kind of the reckless one who is Shotgun Mary, because she dual wields, like, pistol grip shotguns, which is awesome. And, like, when she first meets Ava, she's like, this is Sister Mary, they call me Shotgun Mary. And she's standing there with the two shotguns, she's like, oh, really, why do they call you that? 
I like to drink. (laughs) 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 Alrighty. And then you have like the tech girl, uh, whatever her name, uh, Camilla. (laughs) It's like, uh, but yeah, you got, it's, it's like the a team of nuns. (laughs) Everyone has their specialty. (laughs) And then you have, you know, going back to the kind of the Buffy, the vampire slayer reference, like Vincent, you know, uh, Sort of reminded me of Giles, you know, there yeah, for like, the longest time. Because these, you know, girls are all, you know, early teens, 20s. Yeah, I mean, not early teens, but teens, early 20s, like young young girls, you know, because fighting war is a young person's game, I guess. But they got this father that's there for, you know, whatever. He's like their, their cue and their, you know, their whatever therapist. And whatever. he's like, I, I'm here to see to their needs, whatever they are. Uh, and yeah, so yeah, he definitely has that, you know, cause he's like the only kind of like older male role model there. He's like, he definitely has that Giles, uh, but he, uh, um, vibe to him. I don't know. Like, you know, at first I'm like, okay, dude, so you're surrounded by, you know, all these women and stuff. Like what's your play? And so, never really a play there. No. Like, you know, pretty much like, nope, I'm here to educate and to, you know, just, basically be a support character yeah because in this especially in this day and age you know it's very easy to uh to play with the uh you know father touchy uh stereotype <laughs> and no, and I, I thought that was took... actually one of the cool things about this is you know as much you know this entire series is wrapped in catholicism obviously it's shot in spain you know um but at the same time like they didn't get into any of the politics or anything, you know, really. You know, yeah. it, it all became, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the same thing that I think most people struggle with, unless you're already, you know, rooted in faith, is, you know, the the balance of good and evil and finding, you know, one's path toward enlightenment, whatever that may be. <laughs> and I think it did a good job, too, of not just... Like at at first, I you know, the only way through heaven is through Christ, you know, and that's but it never got preachy. No, like you, you know, know, they it, were preachers, but it never got really preachy. And I did like that dichotomy when they're trying to convince Ava because you know, first you know, she's kind of on her own trying to experience life for the first time while they're trying to find her and recover the 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 artifact but even when they bring her in she's still like tries to escape again she's not ready to kind of join the group on her own but they give her those kind of two examples of of role models because she's like you know i never believed in all this stuff i don't really like nuns because the only one i know is a bitch but then like they have beatrice who's all she's all in on the religion you know she was like a nun from very early on and then you have Mary who is like, oh, I never really took the vows. I'm here to do good because I want to do good. I'm not all in on the whole religion shit. So it's like, she's like, you know, you can still be a badass warrior and part of this team. You don't have to go all in like Beatrice or Camilla. You know, there's, you know, you can still, you know, well, be I mean, half in the real world and, I mean, I think and do your duty. Did a pretty good job, you know, of <laughs> giving... like when they finally kind of come together and she's like. She's like, she never took the vows. She's like, nah, uh, I finally came to an agreement. Uh, you know, Father Vincent made me promise to hold at least like, you know, two of the commandments. The rest are 
kind of open for debate. She's like, she's like, I always follow the, like, I think it was like the eighth and the fifth or something. What I looked it up, it was like, one of them was honor thy father. And the other one was, uh, do not steal. <laughs> it's like, those were the two. She's like, I won't break those two. The rest of them are yeah, negotiable. <laughs> I don't know. At, at certain times too, like I almost got a boondock saints vibe out of it. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. You Especially know. when he starts dual wielding shotguns. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you can't deal with... Yeah, I mean... You got demons to slay and whatnot. I mean... You got a wraith creeping over your head. What are you going to do? That's the thing to do. The, the way they did the... The demons and stuff in this were really cool. Because they had the... The wraiths, which were... Kind of these... Basically spirits that would yeah, like, come down and just, you know, consume the, the host and... Like these red myths, mists with, like, skulls. In, but instead of, like, showing demon possession, like, when them, they almost, like, kind of hover... Almost like they're puppet masters. They're almost like, you know, this kind of... There to pull the strings. Pulling the strings on, on people. And... Because, that was, you know, that was one of the cool things that they explained was, you know, in this world certain demons can't just, you know, do whatever the demon wants. You know, like you said, they, they are just there to influence, pull the strings, make people doubt, or, you yeah, know, I mean, but at the end of the day, like, it's that person's will that, hey, if you're a naturally bad person, you're probably going to be more susceptible to doing bad shit than yeah, they're if you're... basically there to, like, whisper in your ear yeah. and make you do the... Like do the wrong thing. Kind of remind me of like the old school cartoons where you had the angel on the right shoulder, the devil on the left, and they're both like whispering to the character and And then you got the the other things that are basically hunters that are that they show up and they're trying to get the Halo back. But they're like looks like your traditional devil thing nearly. They to look like something directly out of Doom. Yeah, they yeah, it looked like a smaller cyber demon. <laughs> like big horns and and those things can actually, you know, like while the the mist wraith things are are not physically, oh, the only person that can see them is the the warrior nun because she has demon vision. But the other things can actually, at least temporarily, exist in our realm and actually, you know, do bad kill shit. motherfuckers <laughs> on an epic scale at that. Yeah. So if nothing else makes you shit your pants when they arrive, <laughs> dude, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do in that scenario. I'd be like, fuck, I need some holy water or something. Like, And that was the other thing, too. Like, You would anticipate, okay, it's none, so they're going to, ha- you know... I almost like attribute it to like uh, how you see vampire movies, and it's like, okay, we need our holy water, we need our holy relics, we need... Yeah. Our- but on this, it's basically like, no... We just entrust in each other and have a special set of skills and, you know, yeah. we're going to fuck some evil up. Yeah, like freaking, you know, uh, Beatrice, when they go into the, they're, you know, the other kind of bad, well, what you think's the bad guy, anyway, from there, is this this company. You got the, the and that's something I kind of like, too, is the, the order of the cruciform sword. Like, all the girls refer, refer to it as, like, the OCS. I mean, it's almost like... Remembers the CIA or the MIB. It, it gives it a less holy sound. It sounds like some it kind sounds of sounds like, very much like the UAC from Doom. <laughs> it's like it's like you know, it sounds like some kind of elite military unit, you know, instead of like a a freaking nunnery or whatever you'd call that. <laughs> a nunnery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then they have the this 
technology company that supposedly is building a portal into another world. Again, like you said, doom. <laughs> when would scientists learn opening a portal to another realm never is a good thing. It always ends badly. Does it though? And they're, the machine that they're building is, is kind of also powered by these, that divinium material that the, the girl's weapons are made out of. But yeah, you actually said, they're running around with like freaking M4s and you know everything from like crossbows to like Divinium Ninja Stars and swords and it's like a very cool mix of like old school and like new school. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think they did a great job between the contrast of, hey, we're gonna give you some nunchucks and stuff like that. We're gonna give you a different set of skills. You, eh, you're just gonna get the tactical loadout. <laughs> Um, yeah, but when they go into that, uh, the, uh, the lab, there trying to steal back, uh, some of the, the relics that the company's using freaking Beatrice goes like full ninja and like <laughs> fucks up a whole hallway of, uh, security guards. I was like, Oh damn. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't too early to go into it now but there was so much that happened that i did not foresee happening like you know a lot of misdirection in this yeah series they did a, that a good did job just... of of kind of concealing how things were going to turn out at the end and you have the kind of your first you know you have the the technology company that's wanting the divinium to power whatever we machine. call them umbrella yeah. <laughs> and then you have the the church itself like the you know over the OCS which is kind of led by Father uh whatever uh, the hell's his name Cardinal Rodriguez or whatever his freaking name is uh Cardinal Duretti played by Jokin yeah, Alameda. But I don't which... think Doretti actually didn't really come into play until about halfway through the season or so. You know, so I mean, it's still very much controlled by the the Pope and the Church, but, you know, there's also, in addition to I'd all kind of the equate demons him and shit, to, remember in, like, in the MCU, when the government stepped in, they got, like, their... They're like UN, you know, freaking oversight guy. That's what Doretti kind of reminds me. He's like the guy like, all right, you know, I think y'all are, y'all are, uh, kind of getting out of, out of line. We're going to need some more government oversight in your, your operation. So, you know, this bureaucrat's going to come in and kind of judge what y'all do. That's what Doretti kind of reminded me of when he first like showed up. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I mean, that that was the other thing is all of the politics that you know are actually happening to the church, you know, to the organizations and everything. Like, there's a lot of adversity, and I mean, that was that. I think it was the other thing that really, you know, kind of glued me to this series. Was yeah, I mean. And when he came in and like brought his own like his own warrior, his own squad of nuns in, and it was like people that had been like kicked out of the program, 
He's like, oh, but no, these people are loyal, loyal to, uh, to me. They made a good job of like making him out to be the bad guy. Like you like assumed he was the puppet master. Uh, I definitely thought <laughs> doing he all the was bad the, shit. Um, our main protagonist. And who knows? There's so much fucking misdirection. Maybe he is. Yeah. You know, because I mean, there were so many times where I was like, he's a fucking demon. <laughs> he is a demon. Like, yeah, it's like the whole, th- like, I mean, you start off thinking the lab people are the bad guys and the church is the good guys. And then you start seeing that the, the lady running the lab is like, she has a, a son who's terminally ill and she's literally trying to build this machine. Like, but does that make her better? Not really. But, but, like, you know, that was the other thing is like so many times I was finding myself being kind of morally conflicted because it's like, yeah, you're building this device to potentially save your son at the same time. Yeah. At the cost of what though? <laughs> like I've seen doom. I know how this shit plays out when we open portals to other realms. And it's always nice when you have a bad guy that doesn't think they're a bad guy, but other than, you know, it starts off, they they have mercenaries and stuff that are acquiring these artifacts for them, but you she never does anything, like, overtly evil, and eventually helps the team. So it's like, you know, you're like, alright, she, because well, they were, the team was going to go steal an artifact that supposedly they had shipped in, but when they get there, the the drop is like guarded by mercenaries, and the package explodes, and the divinium that was in the package ends up killing Shannon. And then Mary tracks down like the head of the mercenaries, and they're like, "No, we were just hired security. Like we have no idea why the package blew up. Like we were there just to get the package. Like you know, we weren't there to kill you. Yeah, you, know, you attacked us, and we defended ourselves." But, like, we have no idea, like, you know, we were paid a lot to guard that package. We have no idea why it blew up. So, like, oh, shit, someone set up the team specifically to kill the warrior nun. Because who else but someone who knew about Divinium and the fact that it was the only thing that could hurt them. So that kind of flows back to it has to be someone within the church. It was an inside job. Yeah, and, of course, they, you know the new guy that's coming in and putting pressure on them, they all assume, and who's bringing in his own loyal soldiers, they all assume is, you know, Duretti, who's up to some some shenanigans. <laughs> and then I like, too, like, uh, I can't remember her name, who's, like, the leader of, like, the new nuns that Duretti's brought in. They're having a sparring match with all the girls, and she's fighting Beatrice, and kicks Beatrice's ass, Beatrice's ass and then Duretti tries to break the team up, and he's like, Oh, I'm transferring Father Vincent to Florida and sending Beatrice to Malaysia. And I would reassign Mary, but she doesn't listen to anything anyway. So, but later on, they like, they, they, was it, uh, one of the warrior nuns powers is she can pass through walls and whatnot. And Beatrice is the, oh, not Beatrice, uh, Mary, when Shannon died, told her trust no one. So she's all in that there's some kind of conspiracy within the church and that there's some kind of evidence hidden Somewhere in, her in a room. wall, because she found evidence like a piece of her clothing stuck in the wall. So they're like, "We got to get Ava to go in and get the book." And when they go in to get the book, it's like that Camilla chick or that uh, whatever the 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 bad nun shows up to fight him, and, and Beatrice, uh, who you think was going to go off on her own, shows back up and like, you know, the girl's like, "I already kicked your ass once." She's like, "No, sometimes you have to lose to to win." And basically, she's like. I let you kick my ass so I could like learn your moves. So she's like, 
you're going to start with this move and like blocks it. And then, uh, then a choke and she blocks that and like, and you have an opening on your left and then just kicks her in the fucking face. It's like, it's like, no, I, I let you, uh, you know, beat me up earlier so I could, you know, memorize your fighting style and know how to counter it in the future. I'm like, I mean, that girl's like playing freaking chess. <laughs> She's like five moves ahead. So is that how you go into, you know, your sparring matches? Oh, yeah. You got to think for like five moves ahead. <laughs> and I say after, especially like fighting the same people over and over again, you tend to learn like certain people favor certain moves and certain styles. I mean, everyone has like, I mean, your fighting style is almost your, your fingerprint. Me, I like to kind of crash in and fight close up because I'm, I'm a tank <laughs> where other people like to fight at a distance. So I was like, yeah, everybody plays to their, their sprint, their strengths. Absolutely. But yeah, I, th- I thought that was kind of a cool, uh, <laughs> cool detail that she's like, no, I just let you win earlier so I can figure out how to kick your ass later on. <laughs> and yeah, like it's just awesome how much of a badass. Like, I don't know, like the the fight scenes, the choreography, and everything else. Just yeah, they did some like great like. So there was like, like I said, those first couple kind of filler, develop the storyline episodes. But once they got into the action stuff, I'm like, oh shit, this is pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> and I do like when Beatrice uh, is getting transferred, she has to go turn her weapons into the armory and like, you know, Camilla, the t- she's like head of the armory. And she's like, all right, I got this, this, and this. She's like, I'm going to need your other knife. And she's like, fine. She's like, and the other knife she just keeps like pulling out weapons and she's like i wish i could go with you and she's like well just listen for god's message god will guide you and then later on like you know after beatrice mary and ava are trying to like escape the the uh, their base and they're surrounded by all the the bad nuns freaking all of a sudden beatrice comes out with a machine gun and start like you know shooting over his head she's like i hope i understood god's message <laughs> she's like come on girls i got a machine gun <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. <laughs> and we haven't ever talked about the other bad bitch too. Uh, the freaking uh, what's her name? Uh, the what do they call the head nun? Not top penguin, but uh, <laughs> oh. Mother Superior. Yes, she is a bad. <laughs> she's kind of like the where. You know, Father Vincent's the the father of the group. She's like the... He's the good cop. She's the bad cop. Yeah, she's like the one that's like, all right, I'm going to teach you all to kick ass. <laughs> and later on, you find out she was herself a warrior nun at one point, and the, the halo rejected her. She's like, not everyone who who uh, serves is, is worthy, you know, but so now she kind of is I like mean, the, I, I And I thought that was pretty impactful, you know, because yeah. at first you just think that holy shit, she's the evil stepmother, you know, and she's just giving, you know, Ava a ton of shit, you know, and I, I, I kind of sided with, you know, um, Vincent at that time where I was like, damn, dude, like, give the fucking girl a chance. Like, you you know that, like, it almost reminded me of X-Men. Like, as yeah. they're trying to learn their powers and, you know, Professor X is like, let me help you channel your emotions and your energies and everything. Whereas her, she's like, you're a time bomb and I'm going to figure out how to fuck to set you off. Yeah. I and mean, you know, I was like, I, I thought she might've been 
like one of the you know um i guess villains at some point because i'm just like okay you know this person has a halo like if they go nuclear like all this shit's coming crashing down yeah. like you know why and, you want to poke the hornet's nest and even vincent them tell, like no like Doretti's a bad guy and she's like no i serve the church he represents the church i have to to follow him and then he she go like after they bust out and escape and kind of go rogue she goes to the vatican and when she gets there he's like oh I'm, i don't know why you're here but i'm you know tells her the pope is has died and he's like are you know were you here and she's like no i was i was just coming by to say hi i'm not t- you know everything's fine back at base so i'm totally not telling you that you know everyone went rogue you know so it's like she has the opportunity to like to rat throw everybody in the bus but then she you know she's like She's starting to say, all right, yeah, there's something not right here either. Yes. And when she shows up to, like, defend them when they're... Because at some point they, you know, they find the book that Shannon had had hidden. And it was basically like a diary of all the previous warrior nuns. And there was a story of supposedly all the divinium came from the armor of this angel. The story they, they had all been told was the angel showed up and gave his halo to Adriel, right? Yeah. To the first warrior nun. And he, since he was, it made him mortal and he eventually died. And his bones is actually what's tethering all the demons to earth. That's why the demons can come here is because he is still here and his bones are buried in the Vatican. So they're like, well, we need to, and, and they think that, you know, destroy the bones, destroy the portal. Yeah. And also that, you know, the church is actually using, kind of that relic uh to continue to make a divinium and you know weapons and you and know, also basically... also it's like you know if you have proof of faith you know it, it kind of you know it's one of those like it's the legend of stuff is almost more powerful than the reality of stuff so like you know they're like you know it this thing has power and yeah, whoever I mean, controls it is going to like, have power like, hey i know demons exist i know that you know like i guess faith like, at that point, you don't really have faith because you know it's, you know, yeah. obviously there, so... And at the same time, they're like, this then, thing is why like... why do you need a church at that point? Yeah. These items have power, and Father, our Cardinal Doretti, is trying to become the Pope because he wants to have the power of these mystical objects. So they're like, we're... And then it turns into Ocean's Eleven, and they're like, we're going to break into the Vatican and destroy the bones, and that will eliminate all demons and then there'll be no more need for warrior nuns. So we won't have generation after generation of girls getting sacrificed in the service of the church. And so they, you know, when the, they're breaking in the Doretti's nuns show up and a fight ensues and the freaking mother's period shows up and like, Oh, I taught all you girls. I will beat the fuck out of all you. <laughs> she's like, like, oh shit. She, you know, cause she's like, you can tell she's like seen some shit. She got like a nasty scar on her face. She walks with a cane. And you're like, oh no, she was a badass back in the day. And she just starts fucking everybody up. I'm like, damn granny. <laughs> yeah. Like that was kind of a, definitely an awesome point just to see yeah, her think- progression. Cause I mean, you know, like, Okay, obviously you're teaching these girls, so I mean you you definitely got some badassery, but it's like, no, I only showed you a little bit of what I know. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like you may have youth, but I have experience. 
Got uh, that old woman strength. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, like I said, when she shows up, you think, oh, she's about to put the kibosh and everything. She's like, no, I'm with you. I, I realize Doretti's the bad guy, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna help y'all out. But then you, and she trains. She has to. And that was cool. You got the the whole like her when they go to the, once they leave the church, they go to that the scientist. Cause that's the only other person that knows of Divinium and all this other stuff. And turns out she's like, you know, not a bad guy. And she's like, well, I'm going to help y'all train. And they figure out that, that, uh, you know, that they find the, the freaking holy map to get into where the, the thing is hit. And there's like a 20 foot of concrete. But I think we got to go and talk about them getting the map because yeah, that at was that pretty point, bad. like, you know, you never really see Vincent in action. Yeah. You know, he's always the, I guess, the mental advisor. But he doesn't really get hands-on or physical with anyone. Yeah, the worst you've seen of him is, like, early on, you know, he goes to a bar and orders a drink. And he's like, do you want some ice? He's like, doesn't matter. I'm not going to drink it. I'm not, I just want to look at it. And you're kind of like, oh, this is a guy that might have had some kind of past, might have had a drinking problem at one point. And he's like... Yeah, I, I've taken my vows. I don't drink anymore, but I, I just want to just want to look at it. And the bartender's like, I do kind of what you do. People come and confess things to me. So, you know, if you have something you want to talk about, I'm here. And he's like, what if I told you demons were real? You know, and, and all this. other thing. He's like, if I wasn't a clergyman, you would think I was crazy. So it's probably best I don't tell you the things that are bothering me. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, they're like, well... One of the guys that works for the uh, the scientist is a former archivist at the uh, that left the church. So he's like, I know of the thing, I know roughly where it's at, but I don't know exactly where it is. But supposedly there was a a map made of it by uh, some famous artist or something. So they're like, well, we got to go find it. And Vince is like, well, I know a guy. I I, I know a guy who 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 may know a guy. Yeah, <laughs> and he, like. He rolls up, they go to like, you know, some supposedly stolen art dealer to find, because he figures if anyone had stolen that thing, he would know who bought it. And like, freaking dude, like takes off his collar, like rolls up his sleeves and he's got like full sleeve tats. And he's like, cause he, he told, you know, Ava Long, like, everyone here has a past, you know? And he's like, yeah, I used to work for the mafia. <laughs> it's like, all right, homie. <laughs> I mean, he just goes in there and like beats the shit out of the dude and like, like, oh, hell, Vincent's got skills. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and Mary's like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, the amount of shit you've been giving me and everything else, like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He just, like, walks. And, like, the first, she's like, he goes to, like, the, the first bodyguard, and he's like, and he's like, yeah, tell tell him Vincent's here. And he's like, uh, you need to leave. And he just grabs, like, freaking snaps his damn wrist and, like, a wrist lock and, like, drags him in. And he's like, and Mary's like, uh, I came to protect you. What the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, nah, I don't really need you, but I need your shotgun. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that uh, them going to find the 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 secret map of the the underworld was <laughs> like, damn, Vincent's got some skills. <laughs> but the thing too is that did you notice his tattoos glowing? Did you catch that detail? I don't think I noticed the tattoos. That's when I, I was like, because, all right, spoiler of the spoiler alert. Cardinal's not a bad guy. Turns out he's just a freaking self-serving politician. The actual bad guy is Vincent. 
So the, like I said they did such a good job of making the Cardinal look like the bad guy that I did not see that betrayal coming. It, but they get to the church. Ava has to go through the wall to find the artifact. Well, when she gets through there, she doesn't find bones. She finds Adriel. <laughs> He's still alive. He's been trapped in a hole for 500 years or so, a couple centuries. But has whatnot. he really been trapped? Let's well, say he tells her, he's like, she's like, well, how do you know my name? How do you know all this? I'm like, well, the Divinium. Like, I'm, it's all part of my armor, which is part of me. And it's so kind of like get, a book. Yeah. So I get glimpses of things. There's like a book with missing pages. So you rewind to the scientist building the device to save her son. What we find out is she built it off of his drawings and he has Divinium particulates in him from like some kind of experiment that where she's been trying to save his life. Well, he talks to angels. So you find out that, oh, he's been in his hole influencing the mother through this kid to build this portal to get him back to his dimension or to bring reinforcements from his dimension. They never kind of specify Say. which just yet. But at the same time, like the Divinium glows blue when the warrior nun is around. Well, she gets in there and he's like, oh, yes, you know, everything the church have told you is lies that they stole my halo and imprisoned me here. And the, the first warrior nun, like, you know, I did save her, but you know, she stole my, she stole my halo in the, in the church, you know, threw me in here to like cover everything up. And I'm like, Oh no, this motherfucker's going to be uh, something shady about this dude. <laughs> yeah. And then when, you know, she's like, well, I guess I'll give you your halo back, you know, and if you can stop all this. And then when she, he touches her, she gets the vision of, what, what really, really happened, happened where he wasn't, he's basically, it never flat out says it, but he may be Satan. <laughs> I are a fallen angel at the very, cause he appears from the portal, which looks a lot like the portals from the, the demons that have been chasing her to try to get the halo. He's not wearing it. He's carrying it. And, and he kills the demons that are pursuing him. So what if those big cyber demon looking things aren't actually bad guys. They're more of, Hey, let, this let's thing call them hell's jailers. Well, very much. Maybe, you know, they're there. Hey, this guy is in possession of something he's not supposed to have. Yeah. So and... basically he's some kind of thief. So either he's a demon that escaped hell and stole this halo somewhere along the way or something else. But yeah. In, but, in... but then again, like, at the same time, like, I think there has to be something divine about him because we saw, you know, back at the first episode when the guy goes to pick up the halo and it just, you know, basically cuts off his fingers. Yeah, it's definitely like otherworldly. You know, he you can know, control it. So I it. think that maybe there is, you know, definitely some kind of divin. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, like, the son's name is Michael, right? Yeah. Which is also another angel. Like, yeah, and like you see, what really happened was when he shows up, they see him walk out of this portal and kill what looks to them to be a demon that is chasing him. They're like, oh, you must be the angel Adriel. And he's like, all right, I'll save your girl if y'all promise to be my army. And, you know, so he kind of, and he kind of hides the halo inside the first warrior nun and the demons stop chasing him. <laughs> and then, so it's like, and and you find out that, you know, she knew he, he, she's like, you're not really an angel. You're just, you know, a thief. And he's like, well, tell you what, you know, I saved your life. 
all your soldiers now believe I'm an angel and you know, they're going to take your word over an angels. So you keep my secret. I'll keep yours. You know, you like, you don't tell anybody that, uh, I'm a demon and uh, <laughs> I won't take my, uh, <laughs> my halo back. And then they, you know, eventually figure out he's a bad dude and lock him, lock him away and then change the, you know, history is written by the, the winners, I guess. So yeah, she gets, she... but I mean, doesn't that like, I mean, think about, you know, let's just talk about the Bible for a second, right? You, you use it as a religious text. You can use it as his historic text, but you know, so much of history, how much has been influenced by the church? You know, like how much revisionism has occurred to basically like, as much as this film does, you know, like positive, I think, for the organization, it does the exact opposite. And, well, without angels and without good and evil, we have no organization. Yeah. We, we, or better we yet, have no tax exemptions. You know, someone who's kind of unscrupulous, let's say a David Copperfield who can do magic transported a hundred, 200 years ago, you know, he shows up, does some kind of magic trick. People are either going to think he's a witch or a God. And if he's not a good dude, he can take advantage of it, which is what this guy from hell or some other demon or, or another, other dimension, whatever he actually is, you know, just kind of like scam these people. He's like, <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah, those were demons following me. I'm your angel. Y'all should follow me now. So she kind of too late realizes that, oh, this guy is, this is a prison cell. This guy's not the good dude. And Ariella knew it long ago. And that's why she kind of, you know, took the power of the, the halo and kind of created the OCS to, to defend against, you know, demons and whatnot. But while they had well, their, their think, leader locked up in the basement, you know, so, but yeah, like I said, those demon things, like I said, they might actually not be, I mean, they kill anyone who kind of crosses their path, but they're almost like. Like I said, some kind of guard dog. Like these, this guy stole something, and they're pursuing the thing. <laughs> well, I think Michael becomes a much bigger character. Yeah. Because in the you know, in the New Testament, Michael anyway, he is the one that essentially leads God's army against Satan's forces in Revelation, and you know, ultimately ends up beating Satan in heaven. Like. So I, I I think you know Adriel might be Satan himself. Yeah, that's what I was like. Oh no, this guy ain't an angel. This guy is the devil. You know, what if that was his like you know fallen? You know, because it, it you know, like as, as it wrapped up, Adriel didn't go to Vincent. Vincent went to Adriel and was basically master and blah blah blah. So yeah. you know. But to talk about his tattoos, because, like, they came with a backup plan. They're like, if Ava can't make it out, we're blowing this wall. So once they blow up the wall, because the Halo is basically not unlimited power. It, if she completely exhausts it, it takes, like it seven, takes seven minutes. minutes to recharge it. Well, he has to pick her up and carry her out of the tomb. And I notice his arm when he's carrying out of her tomb, the ink is glowing. So there's divinium in his ink. So I'm like, that's how... Adriel has been communicating with him and kind of pulling the screens from behind the scenes all this time is he's got, you know, freaking Vincent Lojack with the Divinium tattoos. 
<laughs> and that's probably why Michael is able to also tie in, like, the door is about to open. Yeah, because he's communicating with, the with him via the Dominium in his, his blood. And that, like, the misdirection for me was the Pope. He's got the Divinium ring. So when the halo is around, his ring is glowing. And I'm like, and he goes and makes that phone call. And I'm like, oh shit, he's about to call in the hit squad. Yeah. Like, and then like, you know, freaking, uh, whatever the, uh, head mother shows up. Cause she's like, you know, I trust you. You know, after he becomes the Pope and she's like, she's like, he's like, what are you doing here? He's like, this is about to be the, uh, shortest, uh, you know, papacy in history. Cause she's about to end his ass. And she's like, he's like, you killed Shannon and all this other stuff. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about bones? Like I just did everything I did to get to protect. And like you said, he's like, basically he's like, I'm just a politician. I've been kind of exerting control to boost my ratings. So I got elected, you know, like I don't know what you're talking about killing the the warrior nun. (laughs) And and she gets that look like, Oh shit. Like she had finally clicks to her that he's not the bad guy. And like, and then say, you know, Vincent is like, Hold on, girls. Let me let me go talk to the talk to this uh, bad man here. And he's like, "Master," <laughs> and, and he's like, "He's like the machine's ready. You shouldn't reveal yourself to the world like this. Let's get out of here." And he's like, "She." He's whispers you know something that to him. Needed? What's that? I needed Metallica's master of puppets. Master, <laughs> yeah. master. <laughs> but yeah, he, he you know whispers something to him, but you don't know what it is. And then the girls, you get that cool like you know freaking uh, Charlie's Angels moment of like all the girls like kicking his ass for a minute <laughs> and and uh because even uh, well we've never mentioned Lilith. well i mean technically not one minute i think it was more exactly like seven yeah, that was the most <laughs> badass moment because well to back up a little bit the first demon that shows up tries to kill ava and lilith who was trying to get the halo from her steps in and gets impaled and supposedly dragged to hell when she kills the thing but then she magically reappears and and has got some kind of otherworldly. <laughs> she's power. got a bit of a skin infection, if you will. Yeah, which you think she's secretly evil, and she goes and you think she's trying to stop them, but she's actually right. <laughs> like, no, you can't let this motherfucker out. But they thinks it's like some kind of demonic influence when it could be, you know. Maybe she knows a lot more than, you know... Like, yeah, like... Like, I don't know what's happening to my head, and I think what that was is, well, everything you've been taught has now been flipped upside down. Yeah, and you think those... those cyber-demon-looking things and the race are the same... Well, the race are obviously evil, but like I said, those things may just be, like, Hale's jailers trying to keep the bad motherfuckers in, and now, like, you know, they're like, no, dude, like... You know, homeboy in the basement's the real bad guy, and, and so you think she's kind of possessed, but turns out she's not. But she still has kind of badass hell powers at this point. So yeah, they all attack him, fuck him up, threw an arrow through his head, and then he rises. He's like, he's like, I'm. You can't kill me. I'm an immortal. She's like, Oh, we didn't need to kill you. We just needed seven minutes. And, <laughs> and then freaking Ava steps out, and you like, you know, freaking pulls her glowing sword, and it's like, All right, let's rock, motherfucker. And then we get goddamn credits at the end of the season. I'm like, you son of a like, bitch. Like, I was literally clicking the screen, like, <laughs> how many minutes are left? Fuck. <laughs> and it's like, here's other things to watch. You're like, they did such a good job of, like, not flipping, you know, the betrayal at the end. And they spent, like, so long setting up this, like, ultimate boss battle. And it's like, 
see you fuckers next season. You're like, you motherfuckers, you've hooked us so much, and now it's like, we gotta wait, hell, probably a year at this point, to see how this ends. <laughs> at least we know season two is gonna start with, like, some crazy shit. <laughs> Has season two already been confirmed? I've heard conflicting things. I've heard it's like, it's it's been confirmed, but Netflix hasn't said anything official because kind of... As we know, COVID has shut down or delayed production on most things, so they're not actively filming season two now, so it's probably going to be next year at the earliest before we get a season two, but supposedly, yeah, this has already been, been yeah, this is definitely getting a, a second season. But, I mean, as far as, like, I I don't know, I need to go and find the comic books. Yeah, from I looked up a little bit of it, and apparently the comic book follows uh, Sister Shannon. She's like the the star, the one who dies and gives Ava the the halo at the beginning. She's kind of the star of the comic books, but yeah, I definitely want to. So this is kind of loosely based on that universe, but doesn't follow that story in its yeah, this entirety. Yeah, you know, kind of an original original story. And some of the artwork just looks pretty badass from what I looked up. So yeah, I need to see if there's like a freaking trade paperback of some some collected works because this seems like a be a cool story to read. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, dude. OCS, man. I, I I think they're up there with the Kingsmen. Yeah. They got places everywhere. Like, <laughs> I didn't see them exchanging coins, but uh, it's like, oh, you want to go to this place? Great. We got an office here. <laughs> yeah. We got it's like food, bed, shelters, everything you need. Yeah. It's very much it's like the, it's like the freaking MIB of like church groups. <laughs> different chapters in different places. But such a badass series like i just for it to not be on my radar and just you know being able to go into it blind and experience you know the series so organically <laughs> fucking hooked and i do kind of like that father vincent's punishment when he was going to get reassigned was florida yeah <laughs> i don't know dude like i think for me like getting to see ava exact revenge on uh the fucking head nun back at the orphanage. That was a cool thing. And then they never really, she never really confesses to it either. And it's like, cause the head mother, like accuser, she's like, Oh, you tried to kill yourself. You know? And she's like, no, I did not kill myself. And you're like, we've got your file. It says you were had a, you know, overdose of pain meds. And she finally kind of puts it together when she goes off on her own. It's like, she's like, I was fucking paralyzed, completely paralyzed. Why would I need pain meds? And she finally like, Oh shit. And like, that was the, and then she goes, it turns out like the nun running the, running the place has got like a, a freaking angel of death thing where she's like, you know, one of those like fricked up, fucked up nurses that wants to put people out of their misery, whether they <laughs> need to or not. And she was actually murdered by, by said nun and snaps her freaking neck. <laughs> but you, you never, there's no, like, she never gets to tell anybody that. Cause like literally as soon as she walks out of the, the, the thing she gets attacked. So it's like, we get just action from then on. She's like, there's never, there's never any resolution to like, Hey guys, by the way, I killed this fucking nun. <laughs> she never has a chance to like tell anybody about it because the Cardinal tells Lilith that she needs to take the, if she doesn't want to be part of the group, you're going to have to go take the halo back. So she's there to take the halo. And sister Mary is like, no, we need to give her, bring her into the fold. So like, yeah, there's like, you know, freaking Mary trying to recruit her and Lilith's trying to kill her. And it's like, a good solid episode of like this running battle between <laughs> well, Lilith and, and Sister Mary. And I think the other cool thing too was just the fact that her experiencing so many firsts. Like I, I, I like how it was like, 
oh, well, I've been imparted this great power and everything else, but I want to go and experience everyday human shit. Yeah. Like, you know, just the... I, I, I guess the mental battles of, well, I don't really get to live out my life here because of this life over here, and it's like, how do I just find a happy medium? Yeah, because she's kind of torn at the first because she's like, I don't want to go be a, a warrior and responsible. Like, I just want to live because I've never had a chance to just be a teenage girl. You know, so it's like she, she kind of runs off with these uh, these con men group that are, that are uh, you know, just having a fun summer and... Then demons show up and <laughs> it's like, all right. And then they get that whole episode where, where, you know, Mary's injured and she takes her to some town so she can kind of call for backup. And then finally gets the story like, oh, not everyone is, you know, a hardcore nun. And also she finally gets to see what the OCS does and how they save this entire town. Now everyone's like appreciative of getting rescued from demon possession and kind of gets to see the good, like, oh, these girls do good. And, you know, she's like, all right, now teach me how to hunt some demons and shit. And he kind of, she, you know, gives her the knowledge and be like, all right, you know, if you want to join, you know where we're at. And Beatrice, you know, like, she going to come? Like, oh, yeah, she will. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, sure enough, she makes her makes her way back to the, to the crew eventually. But, yeah, it was like one of those things, like, you force me to do something, fuck you, I'm not going to do it. You convinced me it's the right thing. You know, they had to let her come on her own. They couldn't force her into the responsibility. She had to want to pick up the responsibility to herself, which was kind of a... Yeah, like that a, internal a cool struggle that they kept going back to, fight or flight. And, uh, you know, eventually she learns to fight. Uh, and with that, as we kind of wrap this up, uh, any final thoughts on this uh, expedition so far? <laughs> Um, you gotta say it all fancy like that. Yeah, expedition, <laughs> almost like um, oh, what was it when uh, Ava and what's her name are having their discussion and they find out that oh well, you basically were told to become a nun because you were a lesbian. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lebish or something like that. Yeah. I what it was. Labish. Like, <laughs> um, great great cigar i mean it, it still definitely packs a uh, a bit of the spicy punch but um you know notes of leather and wood um a little bit earthy at times even so it's got a wide array of flavor um strength of, is very much uh desirable um a lot of power in this small small package yeah like, i mean uh, ava herself <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> i don't know i i I want more of this cigar. I wish they uh, they offered it in additional um, gauges and stuff. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's definitely much like... What the fuck ever we just watched. Warrior, Warrior None. None. <laughs> it's left me wanting more. <laughs> yes. But, you know... They're not sold out yet, so we don't have to yet wait a year for season two. We can go buy another one of these tomorrow. Yeah, there were only four in the box. <laughs> oh, shit. So they, hopefully there's uh, more boxes. They, they had a couple boxes left. Uh, and with that, we'll be right back.
science. And welcome back. It's time for some science. You ready to learn some shit? Yeah, what are you going to teach me? Like how to be a badass uh man nun? Sure. We're going to going to need to sign you up for some classes. <laughs> uh Well, uh you know, usually we talk about robots and their eventual downfall of society. But I got a story about uh, robots doing some good shit. Robot janitors could soon be coming to schools near you. Oh, that's just great. And there's like a movie about that with a bunch of robot teachers that use like BattleBot uh, programming and they all went crazy and started trying to kill the students. I don't remember. All I can think of is Rosie from the Jetsons. <laughs> I, lo- I watch a lot of bad movies, so it's like I- I've seen some shit. No, uh... Scientists at MIT have developed a robot capable of disinfecting an entire 4,000 square foot warehouse in 30 minutes or less. And, you know, that could be used in schools and grocery stores. Have you ever seen those, like, weird, like, UV lights hanging up in places? Dude, I saw those in the hotel rooms. I don't go into hotel rooms. (laughs) Well, uh, UVC light can kill viruses and other harmful microorganisms. And it's a little more, it's cheaper. So we're going to kill COVID with UVC. Yes. So, okay. you know, it's cheaper and less labor intensive to then spraying like some kind of chemical disinfectant over everything and having to wipe down. It's basically this, this robot. It's basically, it looks like a, a giant Roomba with a, with a bunch of UV lights on the top of it. Basically roams around blasting things with this special UV light and can kind of, like I said, uh, yeah, made by MIT's University's Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence so Laboratory. So does it have to hit the beam or just just the light? Like pretty much just the the light kills. It apparently attacks the DNA of bacteria and microorganisms. So anywhere the so light right touches, right now it looks like it's yielding like four lightsabers. Yeah, pretty much. It it looks pretty badass. It's, it's like it's a giant cone of light, and like I said, anywhere the light touches, it disinfects. So it can they can map out a path for this thing and it will just roam around and as it the whatever the light touches is now clean. And they said this thing may be a like I said, they've been testing it in, in these warehouses, but you could see them at your they said it would be a kind of a good thing for local grocery stores and whatnot to kind of stem but the spread. I mean of I'm COVID looking at by. like this image of the warehouse, right? So I mean I get it the light can touch like Obviously, all of the boxes piled up, you know, on the edge of the island stuff. But when you got stuff stacked on top of things, like, how does it get between boxes? Like, you know. Well, it's like wherever light touches. But then again, if if there's a shadow, the light didn't touch it. <laughs> but then again, like you said, the things that are on top. Don't go in the dark. There's COVID. <laughs> the things that are on top and most exposed are probably the surfaces most likely to get infected with something where people are going to be finger dicking it or breathing on it. So the thing on the bottom of the stack is probably very safe. And, and well, not necessarily because it's already been touched. If an <laughs> infected person has touched the thing on the bottom. Yeah. But by the time you get down to the bottom, fucking robot makes another lap. And <laughs> once it becomes the top of the stack, it'll get, uh, it'll get zapped. <laughs> it's not foolproof technology, but it's, it's something. I don't know. I think, um, I, or maybe instead of like the robot going around, like, you know, like, if you're at a shipping facility or something, which this sort of looks like it may be, like, you know, as things are getting put on trucks or whatnot, like, you 
shoot the box through uh you know thing of the light beaming down or something then again they've the, their original estimates how long things live on surfaces have been now saying like oh no it doesn't pretty much as soon as sunlight hits it it's gone so it's like you don't have to worry about you don't have to quarantine the shit you've ordered from china it's like so i just need to stay in the sun yeah exactly okay which makes closing beaches and stuff kind of <laughs> but here's another another good uh good news for you stoners out there apparently thc can prevent uh lung disease huh who would have thought that a natural plant is probably better for us than you know all the chemicals and everything else found in most uh <laughs> cigarette tobaccos yeah well, um basically uh researchers have determined uh, one of the kind of uh, new research published in Frontiers in Just Pharmacology. Make sure you put your weed under one of those CBC lights. <laughs> yeah. Basically, the, uh, there's a you know, kind of a side effect. Uh, it's called acute respiratory distress syndrome syndrome that affects more than three million people worldwide a year. It's kind of, and it's something that kind of onsets after the flu, or it's also associated with the COVID. It's where patients get rapid inflammation of the lung tissue. And, uh, it, it's, this is the, it said it's kind of a fatal side effect in 35 to 50% of the people that have some kind of, you know, lung infection like the flu or COVID that this is what actually kills people. And they found that this basically your, your body tells areas that are kind of infected to treat the infection by becoming inflamed and a lot of, uh, immune cells going to that area, which if the whole thing swells up, then you can't breathe and you die. Well, they found that THC, not CBD, like I'm an actual full blown weed stops that inflammatory, inflammatory reaction, at least in test ma mice so far. It's not been tested on humans, but so far they've, they've found that, that something in the THC blocks this, uh, what they call it, it's a cytokinesis uh, is uh, messengers that cause this inflammation and the weed uh, blocks the signals of this, uh, what they call the cytokine storm, which is this kind of overreaction of an inflammatory infection fighting. All right. Sweet. So, so if we get a respiratory infection or something, just smoke a lot of weed. Yep. That's why okay. Snoop Dogg's going to live forever. That's why he ain't got no respiratory infections. Nah. <laughs> Eats a lot though. And, yeah, I just eat a lot on my own. <laughs> and in other robot news, uh, you know, there's kind of been a, a movement in recent years to shut down things like uh, SeaWorld and whatnot, because as we realize that dolphins and, and orcas and, and are kind of self-aware, smart creatures that we probably shouldn't be imprisoning said creatures and they don't... Uh, you know, respond well to living in captivity. Well, to kind of continue the show, a company called Edge Innovations has developed a robotic dolphin that looks and acts just like a uh, regular dolphin would. And can, you know, even... So far, they're not AI program. They're actually kind of pro programmed. They're actually ran by, you know, a nearby puppeteer with a remote control. So they can actually react to commands and 
stuff and you know visitors in real time you know simulating life but it's not as unethical as keeping dolphins and whatnot in cages so if you so i want to go play with robotic flipper so basically yeah you can go play with robotic flipper which is uh i mean it's kind of cool it it you know the 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 test versions is i said it's the same size it's like a 595 pound robot dolphin i mean hopefully it looks better than the fake sharks at the old uh, jaws ride but you know it it basically can do all the i want to go play with robot jaws <laughs> you know the, it's not yet fitted with cameras or sensors or artificial intelligence it's actually just a elaborate puppet but you know that's kind of like the the next you know vision is trying to make some kind of AI dolphin, but yeah, so far the the special effects company that did all this, it you know, looks pretty cool and uh, and realistic. And they say you know while dolphin was kind of the first thing they did, they said this technology can also be, as you said, great whites uh, or orcas like you know Shamu and 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 whatnot. So you know, this is kind of like the next version of a more. I mean, I'm looking at the prototype, you know, on the little video, and it actually looks pretty convincing, at least in video. Yeah, so it's so if you still want to go to SeaWorld and see the dolphin shows, but you're kind of against the whole ethics of keeping living creatures encaged, this is going to be a cool alternative that eventually will re- return those things to the wild and replace them with cool robotic versions that can do all the same things. And that's another thing too. It's kind of, if they, especially if they've programmed it to the point where it behaves exactly like the real creature, you can still see like, Hey, this isn't the real thing, but this is how the real thing would act if it was here. And you know, and it's kind of a, a cool way of still giving people the exposure to, to those animals without actually hurting the, the animals, almost like a virtual reality zoo. Whoa. I mean, that'd be another kind of ethical, uh, ethical way of doing things. And, and, you know, we always say, if that's, if you don't want Terminators, this is how you get Terminators. Well, if you don't want Planet of the Apes, maybe you shouldn't experiment with monkey brains. Scientists make bigger monkey brains. I mean, at least it's not a monkey's foot. Yeah. Scientists make... no, wait, that was a monkey's paw. Yeah, that was the, the cursed thing. Yeah, apparently uh, scientists have spliced a human gene into uh, monkey embryos, and it has increased the size of the monkey's brains. Basically, the neocortex, which is kind of gives us what our intelligence are, this by adding this gene to monkey embryos, it significantly boosted that part of the brain, which theoretically would make these monkeys more intelligent. I'm saying mm. if you don't want Planet of the Apes, maybe you shouldn't make big monkey brains. Luckily for us, they ended this experiment before said monkeys actually were born and became real because they're like, we can't predict what effect giving a monkey, a bigger brain would actually have on behavior. So we're not going to do that in this first step. We're just going to kind of show that it's possible and then stop it before it monkeys take over the world. But I'm saying level two of this experiment. If you want planet of the apes, motherfuckers, this is how we get planets, the apes. But are all brains created equal? 
Like, what if you, you know, like, I guess there's more capacity there for more things, but unless you educate that capacity or do something with, like, hmm, like, does a bigger brain automatically equal more intelligence? Well, I think more of the kind of the thing is where it was trying to figure out how we broke off from our prime, supposedly primate ancestors. And they, you know, this is one gene that is only in humans and not in other, you know, primates or, or whatnot. And they, it's kind of an experiment trying to figure out how this gene makes us different. And by adding this gene to other things, you see a more, I guess, human like brain and, you know, neocortex the neocortex and having a bigger neo neocortex which is that's kind of where you know higher thought speech all the things that make humans humans kind of originate in the brain and that's kind of what the thing that differentiates our brain from animal brains is this more developed neocortex and by adding this gene it showed the early developments of a improved neocortex so it, it's kind of shows how, how, you know, humans evolved, but yeah, it's definitely something that probably shouldn't be fucking with. <laughs> Can we just leave it at that then? Yeah. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah. We've we've all seen Planet of the Apes that did not turn out well for us. Let's like we're going to end up with, you know, freaking George from, uh, you know, what the hell, uh, Rampage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and with that, that's all I got for you this week. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is Carrie the Metal Geek, and I would like to invite you to hang out with myself and my fellow Metal Geeks as we have all kinds of discussions about heavy metal, films and TV shows, video games, theme parks, comic books, and whatever else is tickling our geeks. Please visit our website at MetalGeeksPodcast.com and follow us on all the social medias including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Metal Geeks. We are also proud members of ESO Network, so you can check everything out at esonetwork.com. Keep it metal, keep it geeky, stay safe, and see you on the next episode. And now it's time for all things nerdy and nerd news. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. And in this episode of No News is news apparently um we have no news well we got a little bit of news hey joe you remember that book we talked about that we you know stumbled upon when we both subscribed to uh loot crate uh ready player something other yeah ready player <laughs> one and and later on you know they, they made a movie about it and we were like Man, how are they going to get all the international property rights to all these international properties? Because uh, there are so many things that were discussed in the book and referenced. How are they going to do that on the big screen? And then we're like, well, Spiel Steven Spielberg has a shitload of money. He can make it happen. And he did, and it was it was fairly awesome. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, apparently now we're going to get Ready Player 2. It's yeah. now 2020, right? Yeah, it's like... You know, Ernest Klein uh, has announced that he is coming out with a sequel. Uh, Suppose they've got a release date of sometime in November. I think as of right now, it's scheduled for November twenty fourth, twenty twenty. But between now and November, who the hell knows what's going to happen in this day and age? <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, Ready Player One had such a good ending. I'm like, there wasn't like really a cliffhanger to it. I don't know where, what they're going to do for the sequel. Like, because Ernest Klein has not really done any sequels. I mean, his other book, uh, Armada, you know, he has other books out, but they've all been kind of standalone they're, books. They're set in their own universes and that sort of stuff. They still share some of the pop culture and geeky references and type things, but, um, you know, nothing to the extent of Ready Player One, which, you know, for folks that have maybe seen the movie but not yet read the book, I would definitely encourage you to read the book because it is vastly different than the theatrical film. Yeah, because I think we when we back when we did that episode, there's only so much you can fit in an hour and a half, two hours, that that book really took place over months. Yes. <laughs> so it's there's definitely a lot more in the book than what was on screen. So if you well, and then if you too, like the movie, like, definitely read the book because there's just a whole lot more stuff in there. You know, I think the way that the book was written was really great. But like we said back then... The way the book was written, if you tried to do that same story... It would have needed to have been a trilogy. Well, <laughs> I mean, it would have been Lord of the Rings, and some folks would have been turned off or put off by that, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, because almost you'd have to do each key as his own separate movie. <laughs> yeah, almost. Holy crap. And now, for Ready Player One, part 10. <laughs> So, yeah, um, Ready Player Two. Hopefully, um, you know, this COVID shit doesn't end up, um, you know, postponing this because I would love to get my hands on this book. Um, up next is we learned about the passing of a, you know, legend, musical icon, Charlie Daniels. How many times have you seen Charlie Daniels? Oh, a couple times because he used to always come to... <laughs> like. Wasn't that, that like, the draw least, of yeah. you know the coming fair? He, he was... was always the headliner. At least like every other year, if he wasn't on tour, he was he was at the coming fair. I've met him a couple times, and always like the nicest dude. And you know, you start listening to all like I mean, everyone knows Devil Went Down to Georgia, but I mean, he had like I mean that's the thing. It's like so many hits and albums. so many people you know just talk about that one song, and I'm like. You guys don't realize the, you know, sheer talent of this guy because, you know, like... Wooly Swamp, uh, Simple Man, freaking uh, uh, Uneasy Rider, I mean, uh, the freaking High Speed Heroes, the freaking uh, Stroker Ace. I mean, <laughs> the dude had like a large catalog of music was like, and who else makes a freaking fiddle cool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you most of your band, like, freaking you, shredding on a guitar is one thing, but dude could shred on a fiddle. That was just, you know, impressive. All right, but I gotta if ask If you're in the you. country, it's, it's, it's not a violin, it's a fiddle. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's all in how you play it. Yeah. You know, if you're, you know, if you're classically trained and you're doing some, you know, Bach or whatever, like, you know, classical stuff, all right, I'll give you violin. But you know what? You, you get in the mountains, you better bring a fiddle. Yeah. You know? Here. Yeah, like my uh, <laughs> that lead guitar's hot, but not for a Louisiana man. <laughs> yeah, I remember my, my mom actually has a good uh, Charlie Daniels story because my uh, my grandmother uh, used to work with some kind of charity. There was a charity benefit up in Tennessee when they had a bad bad flood. It uh, fucked up a lot of stuff in Tennessee, and Charlie Daniels came to play this benefit concert. And my little brother was like a baby at the time, and and like I said, my my grandmother was working with this charity. And my mom was like kind of backstage or whatever, and, and my little brother kept crying. And finally, Charlie's like give me that boy and like snatched him up and freaking sung him a lullaby and shut him right up. (laughs) 
So like I said, he's you know a good dude who's been freaking making music for a long damn time. So yeah, Absolutely. it's definitely a, definitely a loss to the uh, country community. And even like I said, I don't not a huge country fan, but you know Charlie Daniels' music was always one of those that I could actually get into and you know had a good good beat to it and cool lyrics and was was always worth seeing when he came to the the coming fair absolutely so i gotta ask you you know everybody wants to talk about devil went down to georgia your personal take who won johnny or the devil well johnny won because the devil cheated man he, he he had a band of demons i mean it was a it was a fiddle contest you bring in a band of demons that you know he should have been disqualified <laughs> So let's take the band of demons out of it. But the devil—I say but, the devil's verse was way better than Johnny's. <laughs> like it was like some some funk. I mean, there was like bass guitars and stuff in there. Yeah, like I do kind of like the devil's devil's band better. I mean, I I think by and large, my taste anyway, and maybe it's because I you know, maybe I just got a little devil in me. I don't know, but I don't know, Johnny. Like I know you're playing that fiddle hard, but you know. Give the, the devil is due in Georgia and you know whatnot. <laughs> oh, maybe we need to do a remix and you know the COVID went down to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I bet somebody's probably did that already. Yep. All right. Um. Shit. Hey, guess what we learned? We learned things. What? Yep. There's no Dragon Con. Oh yes, that's probably the most heartbreaking story of the year. Cause it's like, everyone has been like, well, they've canceled this con. They're definitely going to you know, cancel dragon con. And I've been like, shut the fuck up. Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> like we've, we've hold, held out hope for so long. Like it's it, like, nah, nah, you know, it's, it's in September. We're good. And then finally freaking dragon con dropped the hammer. And it's like, sorry for the first time in 34, years. 34 years, there will be no dragon con, but you know, I, I gotta say, okay, let's, you know, given the the security aspect of things, like, let's, let's even take COVID out of the equation. Like, I mean, it, I mean, I think logistically it would have been hard to do, you know, just relying on. Especially with the, the still, like, requ- even if they're like, all right, if you can come to Dragon Con, but everybody's got to wear a mask. There would still be no way of enforcing the social distance. Anyone who's walked through the Marriott in the middle of the night, there's no social distancing. You're touching people. <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, yeah, so it would have been yeah, probably like super Dude, hard. Dude, could you to, imagine panel lines if they yeah. had like six foot spacing? Oh, yeah, the line already wraps around the building twice. Like we had to like keep six foot, you know, between each other. <laughs> And then limited limited seating in in the venues. We have and, a panel lined up to Cherokee County. <laughs> yeah, I mean it would it would, it would have but there there is an alternative. They're supposed to be doing kind of like what San Diego did and doing a virtual con. So they're going to be and it's all going to be free. There's they haven't released information of how you're going to access this, but they're going to do basically I guess like almost Zoom type panels. They're going to play some old panels from previous cons and. You know, I've heard DragonCon TV said all the things we had planned for DragonCon TV, we still have. So they're going to play a lot of that DragonCon TV stuff. They'll probably play uh, your favorite movie again. But I don't know if it's going to be on YouTube, the DragonCon website, or something. But they're going to do some kind of virtual panels. So there's at least 
if you have nothing else to do that weekend, they'll be somewhere on the YouTubes or wherever. As soon as we know what that's going to be, we will let you know. But they're going to have some place, some kind of entertainment that weekend online. So I don't know. I mean, I, I've seen... You put know, on your costume, sit by your computer, and well, I mean, like, <laughs> have a virtual con. You know, I've seen in several of the different cosplay groups, and I mean, there is a subgroup for every Dragon Con activity imaginable, and... You know, all of these different subgroups are like, hey, we're we're going to do something. So, you know, um, you know, if it's the cosplays and the people's watching, I kind of, you know, join the Dragon Con cosplayers group. Keep up to date with what they've got going on because... And know, even our, our group, the uh, Dragon Con cigar group, they're planning a, which we don't have details on that yet, other than it's going to be the usual time of our usual meetup on Thursday night. We're going to have some kind of Zoom get-together so we can always... We can all circle around our computers and fire up a cigars and hang out virtually. So we'll uh, let you know the details on that when they... We're going to have to create an awesome mixology station, though. Like... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get real drunk by myself and <laughs> smoke some cigars. <laughs> nah, dude, we can socially distance. I'll bring a chair and set six feet apart from you. Yeah, well, that's pretty much what we do here. We'll just... <laughs> We're about six feet apart. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll put on costumes, and we'll sit in the shed, smoke cigars, drink whiskey, and... Pretend we're at the cigar meetup. <laughs> I mean, we still got Mario and Luigi tucked away somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, hey, that's the best part of cosplaying at home. You don't have to wear pants. If I'm with you, you're going to need to be wearing pants. <laughs> you only have to cosplay from the chest up. <laughs> I mean, I- I'll let you, you know. For those that are you know, attending alone. <laughs> I'll let you skirt by with a kilt. But um, otherwise, I'm going skirt to, uh, yeah, to um, you know. Require pants in my vicinity. <laughs> uh, there is not enough social distance for that, my friend. <laughs> so we got any other news this week? Um, I mean, apparently there's uh, been some DC casting rumors. Um, I guess we got a new Batwoman. Yeah, we, we let you know that uh, Ruby Rose would not be returning uh, this upcoming season. So they've announced that she is being replaced by... Jivica Leslie, which I am not familiar with her. You know, it's kind of like a new Who the Fuck's Tom Holland. But there's a new Batwoman coming. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I, I just want to throw something out to uh, the, the listeners out there that, you know, you know, without the Netflix original content, you know, and stuff like that, like, it's been a little bit of a challenge trying to come up with new topics. So if there's, you know... Films such as Fatal Future that you would like to recommend to the cigar nerds, either to, you know, for us to appreciate or to torture us with, we're open to suggestions. <laughs> uh, yes, and I've been watching a lot of Netflix. Uh, and a lot of Fatal Future. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, you know, here's some suggestions of, of, of some things I have watched uh, recently that are entertaining, but I don't care about your suggestions. I want it from the listeners, damn it. <laughs> well, just to, just to fill time uh, here uh, on our, our news, some things that I think is pretty good, but not something that I think we can do a whole episode on. Uh, one of them is, if you remember back in the 90s, 80s, uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, Netflix has brought Unsolved Mysteries back. So far, there's six episodes, and I fell down a murder hole last weekend of watching... <laughs> all six episodes of unsolved mysteries, which if you're, 
you know, we're not a, a, a true crime podcast and there's some, uh, some good ones out there, but if you're into the true crime genre, unsolved mysteries, like I used to love that shit back in the days. Cause it's some it was like, sometimes it was murder shows. Sometimes it was paranormal weird shit. So it was like a good mix of that. And the Netflix documentaries are pretty freaking bad. Especially like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch one episode and I'm going to go to bed. And the second episode starts with coming Georgia. And I'm like, Oh fuck. That's where we live or lived. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to bed now. I'm gonna have to watch the second episode. So yeah, it was like the second episode was like a murder that I'd heard of, <laughs> which was weird as shit. But yeah, if you're, if you're into two crime, definitely check out the only downside of the new, uh, unsolved mysteries. It's, it, it's all unhosted. So there's no like Robert stack telling you the, the cool, you know, giving you a cool intro to the story with a creepy voiceover. Like they need a Robert stack type guy to intro these stories. I mean, like, so uh, who would your pick be? Oh, who, ha- who today has the, the gravitas of, you know, um, what's his name from the, uh, that played Riker on star Trek. He had that, that one kind of weird, like, like weird, like a supernatural true crime show there for a while. And he, he did a good job hosting that. And he's still alive. Unlike, Robert Stack. Yeah, so get Riker in there. He could do a do a decent job of being a, a creepy intro guy. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you that. Uh, the other thing I watch is, you know, also kind of local to us is Southern Survival, which is basically Redneck Jackass. <laughs> it's the guys from BattleBox testing, and I put testing in air quotes, different survival gear that they've, they've found uh, to potentially sell to the general public and just basically going out in the woods and doing redneck jackass things. And, and uh, the third one, it's, it's one of those that I saw that I'm like, don't know if I love it or hate it is Eurovision. The story of fire saga, which is Will Ferrell's new movie comedy where basically he's, cause a lot of things are filming in Iceland right now because Hollywood's closed. So they set this whole movie in Iceland and it's about this really bad band getting into this international singing competition. <laughs> so it's Will Ferrell doing bad Icelandic accent for, you know, an hour and a half, but the music's f- fairly good. And the hit song is called Ya Ya Ding Dong. If nothing else, go on YouTube and look up the video for Ya Ya Ding Dong. <laughs> Will Ferrell's just a really hard actor. Either I love him or I hate him. Yeah. And it was one of those, it was, it was entertaining. The music was fairly good, but it was like, don't know if I, it, it's something for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Get real know. drunk before you watch it or, you know, whatever thing you decide to imbibe. But yeah, it, alcohol helps with this movie. <laughs> hey, I got real drunk and I passed out. So, I mean, like I said, it was definitely it entertaining. Was playing, so it's, does that count? It's not something I could, uh, we could talk about for a full hour. So it's not been an episode, uh, yet. Maybe we'll get desperate enough that one day it becomes an episode, but. Or maybe we could do, you know, maybe, I don't know. Let's, let's throw this out to the listeners. Instead of one main topic, what if we did like a A and B topic for an hour? You know, like 30 minutes on, you know, one series or something, another 30 minutes on another. I don't know. We shall see. I mean, I'm open to playing with formats. <laughs> and with that, check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com or on ESO at ESOnetwork.com. You're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at CigarNerdPod. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. Go live us, wherever you listen and leave us a review. 
Say we're cool. Say we're not cool. Whatever you want to do. Uh, get your shirts at realmensmokecigars.com. Get your energy drinks at strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code CIGARNERDS for 20% off your order. And Devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for sold steel. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.